what's happening team we are back it's the uh peak season podcast welcome if this is your first time and uh well still welcome if this is like your second third fourth i believe this is episode number six so we are mega psyched to have jeremy jones on the show today um we're gonna jump into me and my co-host for the intro of the show zach wentz fellow split boarder and uh guide here at the mountain bureau uh the peak season podcast is brought to you by the mountain bureau uh we are a craft mountain guiding service based in the north cascades the stunning beautiful and currently snowy mountains that we all love up in washington state and uh yeah i I can't say enough about the book, The Art of Schralpenism, a three-year effort by Jeremy and Mountaineers Books featuring so many rad people, uh, Zahan Belmoria, Jimmy Chin, Chris Davenport, Claire Gallagher, Phil Henderson, John Krakauer, Andrew McLean, Hillary Nelson, Xavier Delarue, Connor Ryan. Uh, gosh, there's a ton. There's even more that I'm missing, but you will pick up the book anyway, and you're going to know it intimately. Lots of great notes. Uh, I'm a big fan of infographics for those that know me. Jeremy crushed it on all those. And we're going to get into what Zach and I thought a little bit about the book for the next couple minutes and then dive into the interview with Jeremy. Enjoy, and thanks so much for tuning in. It's uh, yours truly, Stefan, and then today we have co-host Zach Wentz. How's it going, man? Oh, good, man. Good to be here. Awesome. Yeah, today we are uh, pretty thrilled to have Jeremy Jones in the house, and uh, we're going over his new book. Um, we both got a copy of it and both hammered it out, and uh, it was quite easy to do. It was super good. Yeah, it was like this really nice balance of like experiential learning with some uh, more theoretical approaches, as we've all learned from like taking an avalanche course and all of that. So, um, yeah, really good read. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, like it had so much of the little stuff that I love, like <clears throat> the blue ice challenge, like like we tell people to do the similar thing all the time is like go out on bad days that's what you want to be good at. Like the good skiing is like, is fun. And we're ostensibly wanting to practice that. But, um, yeah, talking about when he was riding back in Vermont and taking advantage every, every little bit of the day. And, uh, it's so condensed. It's a lot of material and it's the first like manual of sorts that I've seen for this type of writing, but it was also so broad. It could just be for mountain enthusiasts. It, don't particularly have to be snowboarding to appreciate the book. Totally. Yeah. I felt the same way. Um, and it's pretty rad. Like all the people he brought in to give us like anecdotal experience, you know, you had like Zahan, Bill Moria and, you know, Christina Lessenberger and just so many like experienced folks to supplement his learnings as well. I appreciated that. Yeah. It's cool to see like, in the book, you know, kind of his whole, all the places that he like recommends riding. I was pretty psyched for being from like, you know, kind of cutting my teeth in, well, yeah, Baker for sure. Um, you know, I also cut my teeth around the Whistler zone. And so seeing the peak chair, 
you know, in that whole zone, I was like, I'm, I'm glad you referenced that. Same. Uh, just being, being from like whatever Burlington, Bellingham area, a lot of Whistler trips, a lot of Sun Peaks trips up that way. And yeah, chair five on Baker got repped. So that was good. Don't follow the locals. Love, yeah. Love that. <laughs> All right, team, me and Zach could talk more about the book. I guarantee it. But you have arrived at this podcast to hear Jeremy Jones. So I'm going to make that happen for you. Here is my interview with uh, Jeremy Jones. There'll be a little intermission. Stay tuned and we'll talk to you at the end. Enjoy. about the book um thanks so much for getting us a copy of that it is so good um clearly you wanted to make kind of a positive impact with this book and and had a bunch of motivation to put it out you said it took three years to make it kind of what's like a takeaway from it that you want people to like read this book and gather what out of it yeah, um, as you said, like I kind of come at it with all this, um, a little bit of everything, but about like this is my life that has been shaped for the mountains uh, and the lessons I've learned along the way, a lot of hard lessons, meaning, you know, mistakes are some of your best learnings. Um, there's a quote in the book, experience is something you get just after you need it. And I've definitely had some close calls. And uh, so I hope that some of those mistakes I've made, some people will read it and not make those mistakes. Uh, but in the end, get more in tune with the mountains. Cause I think when you're in tune with the mountains, that's when you're doing your best skiing or snowboarding. Uh, so I do where the book stands out, I think is, uh, differs from say, there's some amazing avalanche handbooks out there, but they're generally written from a professional avalanche, um, point of view where this is like written from a shredder's point of view. Who's like, I want to go ride the best lines in primo conditions and good style. And I want to do it my whole life. And to do that requires snow science requires some medical stuff. It requires some skills, but it's like, I'm not trying to be a snow scientist. That's gonna, you know, nerd out on all this stuff. It's like, what are the tools I need in Navi course that is going to help me ride, you know, achieve my goals. And the rest of the stuff, I just like push to the side and I'm like, Ooh, that's a piece I can take. And then, and then I guess the other thing is like, there's a huge mental side of things because we see in these accidents and stuff and, and my mistakes I've made, it's rarely just about this one missed call. It's about what leads up to that call. So trying to, um, I've learned how to get in the right headspace and I've had mistakes when I'm not in the right headspace. So kind of touch on it from that aspect as well. Yeah, you really compiled so much wisdom that I've definitely shared uh, guiding and 
being with people been in the mountains so long, but it's finally in one place and it's digestible. It's not, it's not all science. And frankly, like I said, simply there's a lot of pictures and the graphic representations are, are awesome. And I see this definitely getting used in the future, uh, people teaching and utilizing it a lot. You also do a really good job and I'll probably poorly phrase this, but kind of normalizing accidents and normalizing the conversation that it's okay to have them it's okay to have that reflection and it's healthy and there's there's no accident shaming um, anything like that it's it's progress moving forward and clearly the uh, you mentioned like the defend the lines that uh, you've been going to over the years certainly seems like that's shaped that um, positive culture of sharing these accidents and learning from them and uh, that's a, if I would have come into that 20 years ago as a split border, I would have been all the better for it. So kudos to you for like charging that forward for us. Yeah. Thank you. That's, um, that has been a, that has not always been my, um, program in the sense of like, if there was accidents, we try to keep them on the down low and not talk about them. And then over time, I'm like, man, like the, the learnings from these, could help save someone else. And so I've changed my tune on that. And at a time when they're the armchair quarterback has never been so, um, have so many tools at their disposal. But that's where I think that it's super important that we need to command anyone that shares mistakes that have happened in the mountains. And that means getting on the comment section and being like, thank you so much. And like really highlighting that. And, and we've totally changed that just out of the, out of the, the perspective of maybe someone can learn from it. And if it saves someone's life, cause they learned about it, something, a mistake we made, then, then we should do that. And, They'll always be armchair quarterbacks. Let them, let them be. <clears throat> totally. Well, and it's like, like you're saying, you can like armchair quarterback it the other way. It's like, and keep it positive and light. I mean, not unlike the tone you said in Purple Mountains as well. And, you know, there's quotes in there, turning around is, is success. And uh, I don't know if that's been the culture for so long. It's been more pervasive over the years. But again, it's it's so refreshing to see that in, in the book and be an educator that's been saying that for years. So thanks for all of that, man. It's super good. Cool. Yeah. And like even just a little thing of like keeping track of when you turn around, how often do you, you know, and, and so at sometimes I'll be out there and just like, oh, it's kind of weird. Maybe it'll work. And it's like, you know what? We haven't turned around in a while. It's been two weeks since we backed off the line. Like we just got to like flex that muscle of turning around. It's like, oh, this is a great time to turn around. Let's, and um, so celebrating that uh, and just understanding I think I talk, you know, I talk a lot about in the book too, when we language is super important of instead of like, Hey, we're going to go set out and hit the widow maker, widow maker today. And it's like, no, nah, you're like, we're going to set out and look at it. And if we can turn 20 no's into 20 yeses, maybe we'll get to the top. And then when you are climbing and you're like, Oh, let's go. Yes, 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 yes. But I'm always thinking like, the last one or two no's that we need to turn into yeses are often the 
uh, hardest ones to get. So I'm kind of like, oh, that's great. We're on like 18 yeses, but there's probably a wind slab at the top of this coulee and we're going to turn around. And then you get up there and you're like, oh my God, it's, wow, I cannot believe the mountains just like opened their arms and said, today is the day. That's awesome. I, I do selfishly want to take a little bit of a tangent and then see if we know some of the same people. Uh, Lucas Dabari, does that ring a bell? Oh yeah, of course. Um, I put some some solid hard time with Lucas in the mountains. Uh, awesome. Many weeks camping with Lucas, and what a what a spirit, what a charger, and uh, I miss snowboarding with Lucas. And then the late great Liz Daly, former homie of mine as well. Did a lot of guiding with her early on. Yeah, Liz, um, that's awesome. I'm sorry for your loss and loved Liz's spirit. Just so much positive energy and excitement and like just always down to get after it and really, really sad. Um, you know, just that loss. It's like people like that, you're like, there's no replacing Liz. Like that is just a void that has left the planet and um, it's always going to be a void. We do at Jones do a uh, Live Like Liz award and offer up a grant on her behalf. And so we like to keep her legacy alive, but um, certainly dear, dearly missed and sorry for your loss. Oh, yeah. And that's awesome. You guys do that there. And I do like that you touch on that in the book as well. I think it's, it, again, it's a part of the sport that we don't want to talk about is clearly hard to do. And um, I also have taken some AMGA programs with Z uh, and know, know him as well. The community is like so small, right? Um, but has there ever been a moment for you in these like harder times where you've like wanted to stop snowboarding or quit? Oh, absolutely. Um, when I've had really close calls, when I've had uh, friends die in the mountains that I, you know, really looked up to and said, wow, if they can die in the mountains and any one of us can. I mean, I, like I touch on it about Jimmy Chin's avalanche um, in the Tetons where, I mean, it was literally, I don't, you know, I'm not this... Um, formal religious person but if there was ever a hand of god that pulled someone out of an avalanche it was the jimmy chin slide and totally. i mean that's one of those like i always think of things like oh you take that ride a thousand times how many times you live once on jimmy's slide that's a one in a thousand survival rates uh, and then you'll see i mean i've unfortunately had a lot of losses where you're like wow um you know, like A-Rob dying in Chile, like he caught a rock and just like hit his head on a, you know, hit his head on a rock. Like that was like a one in a million, like on the wrong side of death. Totally. But I remember coming back from the Jimmy Chin uh, avalanche. I was so deflated. Um, and cause I have to, I treat those things. I'm like, that's a death right there. Like that you can't, uh, I mean, obviously, thank God Jimmy's alive, but in my record, it's like, that's a check mark on like, someone should have died under my watch on that day. And I get home uh, from that. I, it's like the only time I've ever canceled a trip. I'm like, I'm, I can't do this. I'm out. And I get back to my house and I like walk in the door, mountain poster, sit down on the couch, mountain books, 
I go to bed, mountain books on the side of the bed. I'm like, what have I done? I gotta like, I, I, want, I wanted to just like put it all in a trash can and burn it. From coming out of those moments, I mean, you talk a ton about um, preparing to go in the mountains, keeping a cool head, finding the right partner. Like even on like a day like today, what are you doing to prepare for any day of riding in the mountains? It depends on the season, depends what I'm, what I'm getting into, but really um, there's a Steve House quote, lightened by low expectations. And I mean, all I want to do is go and ride the Radis line in killer snow, but I have to, uh, I've had to really change uh, or not like keep myself in check on this like, one step at a time, just say no. And, and everyone's different. Like certain people might be like, man, I keep backing down when it's like a green light. My thing is like, I want it so bad that so much of the, my mental game is based around be present, just say no, um, you know, like get in tune with the mountains, celebrate backing down. And, and that's what I need. But the other, some other people might need the opposite of that. Totally. And you mentioned Steve House's quote and uh, in the resources section of the book, have the uh, training for the new alpinism in there. And that book was very pivotal in, in alpine climbing a handful of years ago and really pushed us forward in terms of stronger, faster. We don't have to be out there for so long. We can just be more fit and giving us that. It's, it's a reference book, but it has stories, and, and I don't see too many dissimilarities to this book, and I'm curious what the change is going to be for the art of Schalpenism in the next few years with the community and what we see people doing and how that positively affects the community. I, I can see it making a similar wave. It's hard to tell what it'll be, but... Yeah, I can't speak for it, but I do, like, one of the biggest things um i think where we all run into problems is you know there's a quote in there ego is not your amigo and and so that that i think is the most single most dangerous trade in the mountains and that i like write that down for myself like my mistakes have led have come from off of these awesome days where I'm just like king of the world and have a swelled ego. I've seen it with people in the mountains when that, cause I'm so hyper um, tuned into ego, both personally and people I'm with that when I start seeing someone flex in the mountains, I'm just like, yeah, did you go over there? Like, I'm going to, I'm just going to go to a totally different zone. Like you take that line. I'm going to go meadow skip over here. And, um, so I don't know. I think that that, that is a, such an important thing that I don't think is talked about enough. I don't think the mental game is talked, ab talked about enough in these avalanche courses. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see. And, and then I also think the, the celebrating the just being out there. And not every day do you go ride the raddest line. And that is totally fine. And it's still an awesome day. Yeah. And you dive into picking partners and like there's a whole course to be had in that or certainly some, something to be mentioned in these programs. And I love that because that's 
you teach one of these programs or you get out with somebody new and they're like, now where, do, where are the people? And you're like, oh, the people part. Oh no, it's like it's the crux of the whole thing. And um, yeah, you, you talk through it beautifully and I don't want to like give away the whole book to everybody, but it's a great section that's uh, that will be helpful to people in the future. And yeah, commenting on people getting into the mountains too. It's like the mountains are just not the instant gratification place most of the time, at least maybe in our experience. So it's, I'm curious to see what this, this generation does. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm curious how lasting it'll be. I, I'm like risking sounding old and crusty in, in some ways, but, and not that I'm, I'm not any better than anybody else, but um, it's nice to get that like front load out of this book and just kind of, when you tone set the right way, like in a good day, like I always have to come back to guiding the day goes so much tone better. set. I like that. That's a great, I've never heard that and I that is so much of that's in the book right it's like tone setting just diffuses everything in the parking lot and is like gets everyone on the same page nothing likes rapid change the snowpack doesn't like it you and I don't like it and my my people my friends my clients whoever it is that day they don't like it either so it's like yo welcome to the day we got breakable on all aspects but you know what we're going to do we're going to get good at skiing breakable and you touch on that with the blue ice challenge from uh, your time in vermont and like all the time we're like you have to learn how to ski the bad stuff so that you can enjoy the good stuff yeah and it, i mean i think the um you know, it's funny because I've lived through the, I mean, 90% of my snowboarding's in the Sierra, no matter what the conditions are. I'm not really a storm chaser. My kids are here, so I want to be around for my kids. And so I've put, you know, 110 days on a, um, on a 12 to 18 inch base before. And so you get, it's so, con you know, in that scenario, you get on the lift and someone's grumpy. And then I'm like, I go to my kids. I'm like, so do, do we got to go into the numbers here? And they're like, don't go into the numbers. And it's like, Hey man, you know, we're on a chairlift. We're, we're like gliding on snow. There's seven and a half billion people on this planet. Maybe 200,000 are on snow today. So, and then of them, I don't know, maybe a hundred thousand of them have better snow than you so there's a hundred thousand people out of seven and a half billion people that are having a better day than you like go take your grumpiness and get off this mountain um and so yeah that's tone setting no oh, man yeah so much to unpack out of that um i do love your throwing around the stats and for fun because i'm also into that I just, on the back of the book, you've got all the people that are um, referenced in the book. I mean, it's like anyone who has had the most experience in the mountains in the last like four decades is in this book. It's going to be such a cool thing to hold on to in the next 30 years where it's everyone finally was in the same room and we got to got to witness it and I totaled up I did like a conservative estimate uh, there's about 350 years of experience of people sharing information in the book like clearly it's not all at once but like I think I was even like kind of conservative on crack hour and Zellers. So like there could be like upwards of 500 depending on the math. But oh dude, that is so rad. That like gave me spine tingles to think about that. Cause I've never, um, thought, you know, I never, that never crossed my mind, but that is incredible. And I, and that was a big thing on like, I, 
was reluctant to write the book because I'm like, who am I? Like, I'm just figuring this stuff out. I take Abby classes. I'm like still totally learning. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bring in all these people that I've learned from and put them on the pedestal because I think that mentorship is such a big part of this mountain journey that we're all on and there's informal mentors there's formal mentors there's mentors that you don't even know you're learning from until 20 years later and so that um I really enjoyed that part of the book and and that was what got me over the hump is I'm like oh cool like wait a minute am I whole playbook is based around people I've been in the mountains and I'm going to bring them into the book. And, um, so that's really cool. I'm happy you did that math, the math. I'm going to, I'm going to use that. Oh, do it, man. Cause I was like, I've been a, a student of all these people for so long. And like, you have people referencing Tunnel Creek, you've got Rudy in there. Um, I mean, I went to Craig Kelly's service at the Bellingham Ferry Terminal. Like, these are all big players in my life. And I was just like, good God, there's like so much experience in this room. And, and to piggyback on what you were just saying, it's like, I don't know who I want to thank more, the mentors that have showed me who I want to be or the ones who have showed me who I don't want to be. Like, I... That's a sweet line, dude. I'm going to, that is so good. You, you're ready to write a book, man. That is a really <laughs> next time I'm with someone. Cause you're totally right. And I've only thought about the ones that have taught me who I want to be, but yet I can think of so definitively all these people that I've been with and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going over here, man. You, that's not my vibe. Stefan, it's Mark Allen, and I wanted to call and remind you to talk up the Mountain Bureau's new suite of splitboarding courses and offerings on the podcast. Bro, they are legit, and they're in direct response to the stoke uh, that we're seeing around splitboarding thanks to riders like Jeremy Jones. So these splitboarding courses are modular. We have something for all skill levels and you can insert yourself anywhere into that course progression that makes sense. So you can start at the intro level and work your way all the way up to split board mountaineering. Uh, but all the courses do build on one another so you can insert yourself right into the middle of that progression if that's where your skills are suited. You can learn all about the details of these courses at mountainbureau.com forward slash courses and we're cultivating a split boarding community we're getting riders the skills they need to explore the backcountry with success and we think this is the way to do it also in the works we have split board canadian hut programs and a and a backcountry ski pass so if this all sounds juicy, get on our newsletter so you don't miss any of the announcements and go to mountainbureau.com forward slash courses and uh, we'll get you guys in the mix. Okay, dude, my mom's calling. I got to take this, but um, I'll get, I got more for you. I'll be right back. Okay, talk soon. Bye. Mount Baker chair five made it into favorite chairs as well. Yeah. That was one of those, as I was like, um, 
Kate Rogers, shout out to her. She's the um, publisher of Mountaineer's books, and she wrangled this book out of me, but she's like, I think it would be cool to, to list these chairs, which was fun, but I also was like, I didn't want to, um, I'm always like cognizant of not wanting to like her, but I, I'm, I'm always like, I don't want to put a spotlight, but I had to give it up to Baker because it is... That's a special chairlift, and I love chairlifts, and I talk about chairlifts in there, and Jerry Hans has a great quote in there in the book where he's like, this guy, he's probably, I don't know, 60, and super legend, but um, I got to sit down and talk with him a, a couple of years ago. Who I've, He's in the book for, I've learned a bunch about hand pits and stuff with him, but anyway, he's like, man, I just... I just can't believe how lucky we are. Every year that chairlift gets turned on and I just get to walk to that lift and hop on and have it take me to the top and I do it over and over and over and over again. And um, so it's cool. They, these chairlifts, you know, they are such incredible there, there are churches in many ways. I've actually come to the fact where I think about what Chair 5 at Baker does to a community and the relationships created there. So I, as you know, in the book, I got poems on chairlifts. I got all sorts of stuff on chairlifts because I think they're incredibly powerful community uniting things. Gosh. Yeah. And then to the point of inclusion of that, I, I definitely get making those lists and uh, it is tough, but again, big nod to, for that. Something that I notice a lot in the book um, and super cool again, being the guide that I am is you reference guides, guiding a lot. You hang out with a lot of um, licensed, licensed mountain guides. Um, and it's, it's awesome. You give people a little bit of a how to a lot more than guidebooks have in the past of like guides are good. Go to the service. Thanks. You've made a, you've made a manual. The Jones website is also a killer resource. Um, there's trip planning, trim, like just everything you need is there. It's a bit of a one-stop shop. Have you ever thought about being a guide more formally? I mean, you do a lot of mentoring and I don't know it, you have so much experience at this point. Yeah, I mean, to shout out to the guides, man. You guys, um, it's a lot of pressure. Um, and, yeah, I think that I get asked, like, what would you do if you were in a pro snowboard? I'm like, well, I'd be a mountain guide. <laughs> so No way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. There's no, like, not me being in the mountains all the time. Awesome. Um, well, I want to keep you all night and ask all the questions, but I also want you to go on with your life and, and have a, an evening to yourself. Um, how do you see splitboarding progressing in the next five to 10 years? You've got a good hand on it. I mean, Jones and the book and all the experience, what do you see? God, that's a great question and something that I've given no thought to. Like, I'm a very, <laughs> um, I'm a super, uh, like, present moment person in the sense of, I mean, even just like starting Jones, there was no like five year, 10 year. Duh, 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 I don't know. I'm like almost, I, I'm more, I come at things as like, and I talk about it in the book of like, I like the whole thing, the writing and the art, for example, that's in the book, uh, which is the backbone of this book. I never did that. Cause I'm like, Oh, someday I'm going to, 
like show this to people and I'm going to write a book. It was like, that's a uh, really good, like it's good for your mind to do that. It's clear. And as my dad said to me a long time ago, my dad paints every day and he's like, it's not about the end result. It's about getting on the other side of your brain and let it take you for a ride. And so it's about the process. So I'm constantly thinking of like process and, and then having a really open mind that like, if I want to pivot and be like, wow, all of a sudden I'm like really sucked into this now I'm a birder. I don't even know what it will be, <laughs> but um, I'm cool with that. And so where splitboarding will be in five to 10 years, I think the, I mean, the product for sure will continue to um, you know, evolve and get better, more user-friendly. I think, um, I th- you know, I think, I don't know. There's been so much growth. Like I could, if I answered that question five years ago, 10 years ago, it would have never been to where it is today. So I can't even really speak with any, as much as I should be able to say, like, here's where we're going. I have no idea. I think, um, one point that we do need to get across and I try to touch on in the book is like, Hey, just walking to a mount, up a mountain and sliding back down on snow is that's a good experience that's really fun and it it shouldn't need that like perfect fresh tracks um scenario for that to be a good day and so as i mentioned so much in the in the book is like hey if you're just starting out like you should be riding like backcountry mogul fields for the first couple years like don't think that you're like i bought the split board now i'm gonna go ride endless pow it's like no 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 you're gonna go ride crust ice windboard ton of tracks and you better like it and and i think of it in the terms of like climbing because i'm a moderate climber it's been a part of my life the whole time and it's like if i lead a a new route that you know like a trad climb I'm like wow oh, i put up a you know i just you know climbed a led a five seven crack today that was chossy and kind of weird but i'd never done it like that's a huge win and you need to look at it with splitboarding and and ski touring is like all right you went to the top of glory peak today good job now you went to the top of this other one good job like you just start getting that like you start with a really you know that that small circle around the lift and then you just start getting it wider and wider and um and eventually you'll start figuring out how to ride that stuff in pow but but it will take time because it's really complex and as the han says he's like we're basically we're like one notch above witchcraft and that is such a good statement because it's it's true and that unfortunate is why so many of these um incredible heroes die because it's still kind of 50 percent witchcraft and or maybe even more oh man absolutely and and you the first chunk of the book is so uh, in the best way foundational it's like I, I gotta say, I didn't know everything about turns, you know, I was just like, Ooh, yeah. And I'm just like reading. I'm like, yeah, I knew all that. 
I've been snowboarding 20 years, totally, totally do that. But like, um, like having a switch day, like, and like making the most of like the resort is the lab, you know, and that's where you like cultivate what you do in the big mountains. And like, yeah, there's no bad day on the hill. It's, it's just the attitude you have. Yeah. And it's opportunities. It's like, what's the mountain giving up to you today? And it's like, wow, they're giving you the gnarliest ice we've had in 10 years. Like sweet. Go see if you can like make turns on it and not just get flushed down it. Um, well, again, man, I, I want to keep asking questions and keep you here all night, but you had a big day and you've got a book tour coming up. You're coming to the Northwest. You're hitting up Portland, Leavenworth, Seattle, Bellingham. Yeah, um, fired up on that for sure. The uh, The book is out. The book is sick. There is an audio book um, for those that are on the road or traveling on, oh gosh, on Amazon's platform, the uh, Audible. There we go. And... Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking like my brother on the way home and he's been listening to the audio audio book skinning. Um, and I was psyched cause again, you know, I kind of just like gave it, you know, I just like, it is a very unfiltered deal. And I'm like, he calls and he's like, I got some feedback on the book. And I'm like, Oh no, how what did I get wrong? He's like, man, yeah, I mean, he, he loved it. He's, you know, TGR is such a part of my foundation as well. So he's in there, but, um, but yeah, I wanted, um, I think it'd be cool though to, to do us to finish it with a, with a short reading. Oh, please. Because you probably don't get readings and we're talking books. So yeah, it, this kind of like touches on me thinking about uh mindset because i just i really can't get over uh like express enough how critical mindset is in the mountains and i would say my one lasting impression on the um book that i hope is brought into say a, a intro to avi or avi one is this stuff that we've talked on is like partners mindset um, things of that nature and I, I always question the for example like in the in the beginner abbey stuff how much time is spent on a snow pit where it's like I think that that four-hour block you could be explaining picking a partner and these other things because um, that's like black belt stuff because if you're gonna get to a point and I see it in the mountains quite a bit where I'll come to a, you know, I'll be at the top of a mountain and some people are there and, and like, and I can see like natural abbeys and wind loading and, you know, I'm like, I kind of look, what do you got, you know, and where I'm like, this could be a bad scenario. And like, what are you thinking? And he's like, um, well, you know, I dug a snow pit, so we're good to go. And I'm like, dude, like 10 feet over there is like a natural avalanche. And Point is, like, I think in the intro to Avi stuff, I've kind of beat a dead horse on this, is <laughs> this other side of things, um, pre-trailhead decision-making is critical. And now to the reading. <laughs> the Shralpinist. The Shralpinist is curious, open-minded, and present. The Shralpinist is committed to a goal, but nimble, flexible, and willing to change the goal as new knowledge is gained. The Shralpinist has an intimate relationship with fear. The Shralpinist respects nature. 
The Shralpinist is sometimes bold, but always humble. The Shralpinist knows there is no shortcut to the top and remain, remains patient and unflappable. The Shralpinist takes what the mountains give and does, what, does the most with it. The Shralpinist understands that less than optimal days lead to optimal days. Beauty. Last page in that guy. So good. Well, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you making the time and in the busy schedule that you have. And uh, if you end up in my neck of the woods here in the desert, look me up. I'm happy to show you around. Yeah, that would be cool, dude. I really enjoyed um, the conversation. I can talk shrapenism <laughs> all day long. I'm ready to go. So anyways, it's very true to my heart and i know that it is yours i really enjoyed your questions and i do hope we make good on making some turns together awesome thanks so much man hey stefan it's mark allen again i wanted to explain our new approach to backcountry education i didn't get a chance to do this on our last call but contrary to popular belief taking avalanche education is not the best first step in getting into the backcountry this is kind of like, you know, more like step four. So we've got a blog on the Mountain Bureau website down in the footer. You can find it in the Bureau blog titled, Why You Shouldn't Take an Area Level One This Season. This lays out a better process for entering the world of backcountry touring. Many of our students just aren't ready to make avalanche observations and they need the basic fundamentals of kind of movement through the terrain and knowing their equipment and being comfortable with their environment before they get ready to take their avalanche education. So check out the blog for our recommendation on the backcountry workflow of the best way to enter the backcountry. Check out our blog at mountainbureau.com in the footer. You can also see our full lineup of avalanche education once you're ready to take Ed of Airy 1 and 2 on our website in mountainbureau.com forward slash courses. And also this year we're combining the intro to the touring and the airy rescue course as kind of the best first step, one stop shop for getting ready for entering the backcountry. This is kind of what is going to get you ready to tour with the group and know how to rescue, be a member of the rescue team if there is some. Uh, if there's a problem in the backcountry. So this seems like to us the best way to go forward for folks that are trying to get into the sport of this bar for what seemingly high entry. So great first step. And uh, oh my God, what what is that smell? What is what is that smell? What is what is that? Oh my God, my cat just barked on the rug. Um, I gotta I gotta deal with this. I'm not done. I, I'll, I'll call you right back. I'll, I'll be right back. I'll call you right back. 
well team uh man sorry for mark calling in so much he, he had some good stuff to say though i'm glad he reminded me of all that and hopefully uh you can take advantage of this these upcoming programs with the bureau uh, a little bit of credit for the black swedes i'm uh, doing a bunch of the music on the show today check them out on spotify and all the places you get your music as well as dj mantis um, check them out on all the places as well the socials the spotify support local music uh, again thanks to the mountain bureau for making uh, the dream a reality jeremy jones zach wentz mark allen justin rotherham and man so many people i'm forgetting See you guys in the next one. Have a good winter out there, folks. Mm-hmm.